Hey friends, this is Pastor Brian Worth. Thanks for listening to my latest sermon. Get more of my teachings on YouTube at Chapel of Change TV and tune in every Sunday on the radio on 99.5 FM for fresh hope. God is good all the time. Good to see everybody in the house of the Lord this morning. How's everybody doing? This is our 1015 crew. Whoa. We're going to fill up the balcony one day at 1015. Anybody got vision for that balcony? That you, Pastor Zach? You got vision for that balcony? Amen. We're going to fill up that balcony. Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's a joy to see everybody. Uh, eventually, we're going to turn to Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54. But before... Uh, I read Isaiah 54, verse 1. I want to take a couple minutes, because it's the beginning of the year, to speak to you about who we are as a church. And the purpose of this is to remind some of you who we are and to share with newcomers who we are. And I'm just going to speak on a, uh, for a couple minutes, give you some... Uh, insight and direction as to what Chapel of Change is about. Uh, first, uh, you need to know that we really feel called to impact the world with the fresh hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We really feel that that's our mantle. We really feel that that's our calling. Uh, we do it in various ways, but we feel called to impact the world with the gospel. And we really believe that God saved us for significance, that God didn't save you from all that he saved you from just to live a normal lifestyle. Uh, in fact, we, we call out normal lifestyles. We challenge people to be all that God has called them to be. We never want to speak to where you're at in life. We want to speak to where God wants you to be. And so... We're that type of church, and my encouragement to those that are part of Chapel of Change, one, is after you received a level of your healing, because we are also a spiritual hospital, and the Lord has given us a particular grace to receive many people that have been hurt by the world, traumatized, and, and emotionally damaged, and so, so there's a healing grace at Chapel of Change. But af after you get healed a little bit, because you don't wait until you're totally healed. Sometimes you got to serve the Lord with a limp. But after you receive a certain level of healing, it's time to get off the bench and to serve together with us because God saved you for significance. And there's a certain level of healing that will come as you go. Are you following along? The Bible says, as they went, they were healed. As they went. Remember the lepers? Jesus told them to go to the priest. And the, as they went, they were healed. So, yes, you come to Chapel of Change, receive a certain level of inner healing, even physical healing, strength and hope begin to blossom uh, in the Lord. Uh, but there comes a time where you got to uh, begin to serve the Lord. And some of, for some of y'all, it's time. Someone say it's time. For some of y'all, it's time. 
So we are looking for people to serve, particularly on Sundays, uh, as ushers or greeters, maybe even children's ministry, maybe even uh, the youth ministry. We're excited about sending the youth to camp in the next couple of weeks. All the teenagers, we want to send them to camp. So there's different areas that you could serve in. Uh, on the bulletin that we passed out, make sure you write on the flat what area you want to serve in, rip it off, and during the tithes and offerings, you put it in, you put it in there. So we are a church called to impact the world with the gospel. But also you need to understand, uh, we are a church that believes in the Bible. We believe in teaching the Bible. So we're not here to like, like I am not a comedian. <laughs> it's not my profession. Uh, but we want you to grow in your understanding of the Bible. We believe that it's through the Bible, after you get saved, in fact, you get saved through the Bible, the Word of God, but, but the divine life of God, that, that, that Zoe, that God type of life becomes manifested in your life the more you grow and live out the knowledge of God. So every time you come to, come to Chapel of Change, you're going to learn about the Bible. We believe the Bible is our rule for faith and living. You got to understand that. We're not going to compromise that. No matter what culture says, no matter what uh, the nation says, we're going to stand on the Bible. Someone shout amen to that. So you got to understand we believe uh, in the Bible. Also, I need you to understand, we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. There are so many broken people that God is sending to Chapel of Change. And I thank God. We got Christian psychologists part of Chapel of Change. We got Christian counselors a part of Chapel of Change. I thank God for all those uh, Bible-believing people in those professions. And we help people out in that area. But I really believe that there are certain types of hurts in life. Only the Holy Ghost is going to heal you. There are certain levels of trauma that you need a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So at Chapel of Change, we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Apostle Paul said he came not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And so we're going to lean in to uh, the Holy Spirit as a church. We're going to lean in uh, asking God to heal us, asking God to deliver us. In fact, the last Sunday of the month at our 430 service in the city of Carson, we're having mass deliverance night. So anybody who may be wrestling with certain things, we're going to just believe God. We're going to teach on the word of God on deliverance, but then we're going to pray and just ask God, just believe God for deeper levels of freedom. There's levels to the kingdom of God. There's levels. There's levels to your freedom, you, and, and we're always challenging you and preaching the word of God, believing God, Lord, take us to another level. Unlock the door to the next level. S Christianity is a supernatural lifestyle. It's a supernatural lifestyle. If you got Christianity with the Holy, without the Holy Ghost, you ain't got Christianity. You got religion. You got religion. Religion ain't going to save you. Religion ain't going to deliver you. Religion ain't going to set you free. And so we're a type of church that presses into the Holy Spirit and just believing God uh, to set us free and believing God to save. And we're seeing that. We're seeing that. Just last uh, Sunday at our Carson campus, our leaders, our leaders uh, did a prayer booth on the street right on the corner where our campus is at. Just 
Set up shop right there. Put up a sign and say, we be, we're going to pray for you. We're going to believe God for you. Just, just, just set up things right there on the street. We do prayer booths at Chapel Shea. We set up on the street. We thank God for this sanctuary. We praise God for it. He blesses. This is a miracle that we have this beautiful place. And you know, it's a little bit warmer in here today. Last Sunday, it was cold. <laughs> praise God for the heater. We're going to get that right. Don't worry. We're going to get it right. It's, it's, it's first world problems. First world problems. You go with me to Africa. You go with me to the Philippines. They praising God underneath the tree. Thanking God, amen, in the dirt. So we thank God for our problems. We're going to get it right. We're going to get it right. But we set up shop prayer booth at our Carson campus. The first day or the second day, a young man, 19 years old, pulls over, runs to the prayer booth. I need to submit my life to Jesus Christ. <laughs> young man. I thank God for our, our older men. Praise God. We need older men for example. We need older men to teach us. We thank God uh, for, for older men. But let me, there's something about when you see a young man run to the altar of God. And I'm here to report that that young man came back to church today, and I just laid hands on him right now at our Carson campus. So we're seeing, you know, we're seeing demonstration of God's power. So you got to understand, we believe uh, in the power of God. And if you're part of Chapel of Change, just, I, I like to tell people, uh, don't try to keep up, just hold on. <laughs> just hold on. Just hold on. Because God has taken us somewhere. He's, he's taken us somewhere. We got vision. We got a, we got a mission. And another thing you got to understand about Chapel of Change is we are, we are a, uh, a holiness church. Got to understand we're a holiness church. Uh, we, are, we are a church that believes in the old school gospel, that we are to say no to sin and yes to God. Uh, we're that type of church. Now, our approach is a little bit radical. I'm going to tell you our approach, and you need to understand this. Uh, we recognize that we're a spiritual hospital. So when somebody comes, I've been to a, a trauma room. I got shot at the age of 14 years old in a gang-related shooting. I, they took me to the Harbor General, trauma, trauma, trauma. Is that trauma? It's trauma, ER, trauma, right? And they, they, they uh, I went, my brother drove me there in his car. I got shot in my left arm. I was 14 years old, a gang member. Another gang member shot me. By the way, that gang member who shot me, who I didn't know, his, his uh, wife and, and daughter go to our church today. I'm telling you, man, this is supernatural. This is supernatural. I met him for the very first time at our church. He came to apologize to me. I didn't even know who he was. I wanted to know who he was. For the last 30 years, I wanted to know who tried to kill me. He came to church one day. After I preached, he came to me and apologized. <laughs> Ain't that God? Some of y'all think I'm lying. I got witnesses. I got witnesses. Go on our YouTube page. You see the story. But, but I'm, I'm getting somewhere with this. Listen, we're a holiness church, but we're a hospital. When I got shot at the age of 14 years old, they took me to Harbor General, and they got me out of that car. That nurse did not interrogate me. Did you catch that? 
That nurse did not interrogate me. That nurse did not say, hey, well, what were you doing? Were you listening to your mom? Did you listen? See, there's a reason why you got shot. You didn't want to listen to your dad, and you were in the wrong place at the wrong time. No, that nurse did not do that at the point of contact. The point of contact, that nurse opened up that door, and when I was screaming, I got shot, I got shot, and when I, when, I, when I couldn't even really hardly walk and I was in pain, that nurse grabbed me, and she escorted me through the emergency room, and she laid me down. She began to cut off my shirt because I almost was going to have to go to surgery. She didn't know, but my point is we radically love people where they're at. We radically love people. There's tension in that. I understand. There's tension in that. But we li- miracles are where the tension is at. We radically love people where they're at. We embrace them. We teach them the word. We walk with them. And we challenge them to be all that God has called them to be. God has called you to live a holy lifestyle. God has, God has called you to live for him. God has called you to be, be whole. And don't worry. I've, I've been here 11 years. We, we, by the grace of God, we started this. I've seen some patterns. If, if they ain't growing, they're going. There's, you don't even have to kick nobody out. If they ain't growing, they're going. So don't worry. They're they either going. And remember, everybody goes at their own pace. You can't compare one another to one another. You don't know what she went through. I'm telling you right now. Can we talk like family? We're going to get into the word. Well, I'm just, we're the beginning of the year. Kind of help you understand what we're about. Tell you right now, there's people in this church that have been raped. There's people in the church that have been molested. There's, there's guys up in here that have been molested. There, there's people that have been here uh, that are here. D- you couldn't imagine. One time, I, I got a phone call from a mother, and she said, Brian, I, I cannot tell my son this, but I'm calling you because his, his dad was murdered. Can you sit down with him and tell him that his dad was murdered? People up here have been through trauma. One year, uh, one year I had to do uh, two news briefings because people were murdered. Two news briefings. They don't train you this in seminary. They don't train you how to get up in front of KCAL 9. They don't train you that. And, and I say that to say this, that, that you don't know what the next person has gone through. That it is a miracle that some are just even sitting down listening to the word. It is a miracle that some are even standing up in the midst of worship. At the same time, I I need you to understand this. Love does not affirm your sin. Love does not affirm your sin. Just because I love you doesn't mean I affirm your behavior. As we build a relationship, as, as we get connected, or even from the pulpit, you're going to hear the word of God, right? But, but just because you love somebody doesn't mean you affirm their behavior. Is everybody following along? And if you haven't learned that yet, just have kids. You'll learn that real fast. So I just want us to kind of know a little bit about who we are so that some of y'all are exploring, some of y'all forgot. But, but at the end of the day, we're going to impact the world with the gospel. Someone shout amen. 
And we're going to believe God for miracles. We're going to believe God for miracles. We're going to believe God to save souls and make disciples. We're going to raise up leaders for the kingdom of God. We're going to raise up men for the kingdom of God, women for the kingdom of God. We're going to teach young boys about the kingdom of God, young girls about the kingdom of God. We're going to proclaim to the world that Jesus is still on the throne and that he still has all power and might in his hands. Someone shout amen. All right, let's turn to Isaiah chapter 54. We're talking this morning about keys to supernatural growth. Keys to supernatural growth. And I believe what I'm going to share with you this morning is going to help you, going to strengthen you. I don't know how far I'm going to get, but we're going to go as far as the Holy Spirit takes us this morning. Isaiah 54 verse 1 through 3 is our main foundational text. Listen to what it says. It says, you who have not born, break forth into singing. And cry aloud. Someone say cry aloud. You who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Someone say do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right. And to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and hearing and the doing of his word. Uh, I want to read again verse 3 in the New Living Translation. Just listen to how it sounds. Verse 3 in the New Living Translation says, For you will soon be bursting at the seams. Anybody like that verse right there? Our theme is supernatural growth, and I'm challenging you as you read through the Bible this year, look for images, metaphors of supernatural growth, and I think we found one right there. I think that's supernatural growth, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. Anybody excited about that? Anybody want God to do something in your life that breaks you out of your limits and your, and your confinement in the name of Jesus? So our theme, our theme is supernatural growth, and let me do just a little bit review on what we're learning. Uh, I'm, I'm helping us to understand what, it, what, what are we talking about when we refer to supernatural growth? What, we're, what are we praying uh, into? Well, uh, supernatural growth is growth beyond human comprehension. Growth beyond human comprehension. Write that down. You won't quite understand how it happened. Anybody want God to do something like that in your life? Something in your life that you won't quite understand uh, how it happened. In Job chapter 5 verse 9, just listen to this. It says, he does great things too marvelous to understand. I want God to do something like that in my life. I pray he does something that in your life this year. Uh, growth beyond human comprehension. Also, supernatural growth is growth beyond human explanation. Write that down. Beyond human explanation. You won't quite be able to explain it. I want that in my life this year. I want God to do something so miraculous in my life that I will go to explain it, but words will eventually fail. I'll just, I just have to be quiet and say, you know what? It was God. It was God. Psalms 145 verse 3, listen, it says, The Lord is great and to be praised highly, though his greatness is indescribable. Indescribable. I want God to do something in my life that is indescribable. I want his greatness to rub off in my life. 
I want his greatness to rub off on my family. I want his greatness to rub off on my, on my marriage. I want him to do something indescribable. May the Lord God do something indescribable in your life in 2024. What is supernatural growth? Thirdly, it is growth beyond human means. It means the result is beyond what you could do alone. The result is beyond what you can do alone. Never be satisfied with results that, that, that do not require God's intervention. Never be satisfied with results that do not require God's intervention. I want God to begin to do something in my life that if he doesn't finish it, it won't get done. It won't get done. This life, Christianity, is a supernatural lifestyle. It ought to make you sweat every now and then. Every now and then you ought to get nervous at what you see God trying to do in your life. Every now and then you ought to get nervous that God, is, if he doesn't show up, it's not going to get done. Don't, don't worry about looking foolish. Don't, don't worry about looking uh, uh, dumb. Don't, look, don't worry about how you look. Let God be true and every man a liar. Start believing for something big. Don't worry. Don't try to rationalize it in your mind. Don't, 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 you just, your responsibility is to believe, not to get it done. You don't want results that you can do. If, if everything in your life is a result of what you're doing, God is not in it. Is anybody picking up what I'm putting down? I want supernatural growth. And we're starting to see glimpses of that already. We're, we're not even at the end of the month. We're starting to see glimpses. I want to I thank God that last week, Last week, uh, for the first time in like five or six years, the Lord God opened the door to Dominguez High School uh, right next to us across the street. Last week, Pastor Bo uh, went into Dominguez High School and got to, uh, got to encourage a whole classroom uh, full of students. The doors, supernatural doors are opening for us. And God has given me a message on, on open doors. I can't wait to give it to you. But I pray that God opens supernatural doors for you in 2024. You better be open. You better be ready. You better be ready for that door to swing open. Someone say, get ready. So we're starting to see glimpses of supernatural growth uh, even in our church. And we're targeting six areas. We're targeting six areas. We're, tar we're targeting spiritual growth. Which is, which is transformation, transformation. You know what I'm excited about? There is another version of you waiting to come out. There's another version of you. And I like, I, I like the person you are right now. You cool. But I'm excited about that next version of you. I'm excited about that more anointed version of you, that more wiser version of you. I'm excited about that more powerful version of you. I'm excited about that more influential version of you. I'm excited about that next version of you. Come out in Jesus' name. That's spiritual transformation. Anybody excited about that? I'm excited about that. That's why so many Christians' lives are boring is because they're living in the third version of themselves and they're like 50 years old you ought to have been on the 10th version of yourself that's the reason why some people's lives are so boring they still in the third version of themselves brother you 40 years old you should have been about the eighth version of you should be living right now it's all right you're in the right place we're gonna call that brother out we're gonna call that man of god out 
That's why we say everybody, every man that comes to Chapel of Change is a kingsman, whether they realize it or not. Every man that comes to Chapel of Change. The kingsmen are not just in the home. Every man that steps foot at Chapel of Change is a kingsman, whether they realize it or not. We don't talk to their present. We're talking to their future. We're talking to what God wants them to be. That's spiritual growth. We're talking about that next version of that individual. We had a powerful time at our Kingsman gathering yesterday to the glory of God. Over 100 men were worshiping the Lord at Chapel of Change. And more importantly, the presence of God was here. More importantly, the presence of God was here. But you ought to get excited when men start worshiping the Lord. Young and old men, you ought to get excited for that. And it wasn't even our conference. Like, it's, it was just a, our gathering. Our conference is not till March. Every man that comes into this house is a kingsman, whether they realize it or not. We're speaking into that next version of the individual. I'm waiting for that next version. If you know anything about football, a good quarterback doesn't throw the ball to where you're at. If you know anything about football, a good quarterback will throw that ball maybe three, four, five feet ahead of you where you should be. You need to be up. You need to be further down the line where that touchdown is. You need to be further down the line where that touchdown is. That's why when God, when God speaks to you, a lot of times God does not speak to your condition. He speaks to your destiny. That's why. When, that's why a lot of times God, when God speaks, it kind of His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. When God speaks to you, a lot of times it's, it sounds kind of. If I could, I don't know if I can say this, but it kind of sounds crazy sometimes. Because for the most part, he's not speaking to you. You want him to answer you for where you're at right now. And God is telling Gideon, use a mighty man of valor. Use a mighty man of valor. I'm not speaking to you shaking. No, I'm saying you're a mighty man of valor or a mighty woman of valor. So we're pressing into spiritual growth. Uh, we're also pressing into emotional growth. Intellectual growth, emotional growth, um, uh, that, that, that speaks of uh, inner healing, that speaks of healing of the soul, inward healing. Uh, and, and as I mentioned to you, so many people are coming to Chapel of Change that, that, that have been traumatized by life, hurt by life. And they, they, we need healing in our soul just as much as we need in our body. Uh, because the Bible says, I want you to prosper even as your soul prospers. So, so everything flows from a healthy soul. Everything flows out of a healthy soul. If you're living your entire life with a damaged soul, it will limit you. It will affect your marriage. It affects your kids. And so we're going to press in to, to emotional healing. We're going to get some people healed emotionally. I thank God we, uh, uh, Brother Pete, who's a psychologist in our church, he started our first healing circles at our Kingsman home. First healing circles where, where we lean into God healing the inside of us. Everybody's got affected. Everybody's affected by, uh, traumatized by the world. E even me. I'm going to tell you what I'm going through. Can I tell you what I'm going through? I'm going to let you in on my life. Everybody needs a level, you know, because the devil tries to puncture your soul so he could emotionally paralyze you. So that you don't respond to the, to the opportunities and even the demands of life. Instead, you're, you're, you're curled up in the fetal position in your, in your room and you don't want to get up because you've been emotionally punctured. Mephibosheth's been dropped when he was little. Dropped so you can't get up. And we all got to be healed even ongoing. Even, even uh, I've been traumatized. 
I want to just let you in on why we're, one of the reasons why, e even me. I, w I woke up this morning and I got my message ready, uh, you know, praying over it and excited to share it with you. And uh, I went to the Carson campus. I got a text. I got a text. And I'm going to share with you the text just to let you know. Just to let you know. Listen to this. Good morning, bro. It's me. He says his name. He says, I hope all is well with you and your family and your mom. Today makes 42 years that we lost your brother and one of my best friends. And I sometimes wonder what life would be like if he was still alive today. If you talk to your mom today, tell her I said hi and that my thoughts and prayers are always with her. May you have a blessed day today. I didn't even realize. I didn't even realize. I woke up this morning with Jesus on my mind. Anybody remember that song? Woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. Anybody remember that song? Woke up this morning with my mind. I, I woke up this morning with Jesus on my mind, but you know, the enemy sends darts. I didn't know today was the day 42 years ago that my oldest brother was shot and killed at the age of 15 years old. I had to communicate with my mom. Y'all got to pray for my mom. This is one of the hardest uh, days of her life. Listen, we all need that power of the Holy Spirit to strengthen us from the inside. We need the presence of God to heal our wounds that the enemy has tried to put on us. Someone shout amen. So we're going to press into emotional uh, healing this year. And so as we, as we look to the scripture uh, this morning, we're, we're talking about keys to supernatural growth. And I, I, I remember in the kingdom of God, there's keys. There's keys. There's keys to the kingdom, right? And, and, and metaphorically, the keys unlock the next level or the next dimension to God's destiny for you or the, or the next dimension of joy for you or the next dimension of peace for you. Keys unlock it. Are you following along? And so as I look at this passage in Isaiah, I see several keys that lead up to supernatural growth. I see several keys that lead up to bursting at the seams. And, I, and I, I'm going to share with you at least one today. I may get to two today, uh, but I, I want you to see this. So, uh, uh, and, and so the, the first thing that I see in this passage, and you need to follow along because I'm going to give you some revelation this morning. The first thing I see is the power of sound. Someone say sound. Follow along. I'm going to show you this. I'm going to give you some revelation this morning. Listen to what he says in verse 1. He says, break forth into singing and cry aloud. Someone say cry aloud. I want you to notice there's something in that. There's something in that. He tells them to cry loud even in their hardship. Notice something. He tells them to cry loud even when things are going wrong. He, he tells them to make a sound. They're barren. They're going through hardship at this particular time. It's written to a people that are going through trials and persecution. And he tells them in the midst of their pain, break forth into singing and cry aloud. Someone shout cry aloud. Let me teach you something. Pay attention. 
In the Bible, a sound often precedes a demonstration of God's power. Follow along. In the Bible, a sound often precedes a demonstration of God's power. Sound often comes before a manifestation of God's power. Let me prove it to you. The first thing that God did in creation was not create the heavens and the earth. The first thing that God did in creation was release a sound. Genesis 1-3. And God said. And God said. That's a sound right there. Notice, notice. The first thing that God sent into the darkness was a sound. God said. God released a sound first, and then creation began to happen. He released a sound first, and then creation began to happen. A sound often comes before a manifestation of God's power. Here in Isaiah, the passage of Scripture we read, God is about to release supernatural restoration into their life. But before he does, he tells them to release a sound. He says, cry Aloud, cry aloud. Someone, someone shout Jesus. Jesus. Someone shout Jesus. Jesus. Now, now listen, a sound often comes before a manifestation of God's power. And that theme runs throughout the entire Bible. It runs throughout the entire Bible. Listen, in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 42. Elijah heard the sound of the abundance of rain, and then the rain came. Should have noticed, he hears the sound first, and then the rain came. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 22, the people of God were surrounded by the enemy. And notice what it says, as soon as they started shouting, someone say shouting. As soon as they started shouting and praising God, praising, God set ambushes against the men of Ammon. Listen, a sound often comes before a manifestation of God's power. We need to shift our thinking. We need to shift our thinking. I'm going to tell you why. Often we want God to work first and then we'll respond with a sound. Often we want God to move first, and then we'll say, praise the Lord. Or then we'll say, man, thank God. Or then we'll say, hey, look what God did. He did this to me. But we got to uh, shift our thinking because God says, make a sound first, and then I will work in your life. Is anybody picking up what I'm putting down? We need to learn to make a sound when nothing has happened. Barren people cry loud. Sound of praise, a sound of worship, a sound of thanksgiving, a, a, a joyful sound. A sound comes before a manifestation of God's power. Let me prove it to you. Listen, in Joshua 6.20, God's people were confronted by a giant wall. And this wall was blocking them from their inheritance, blocking them from the promised land. But listen to what verse 20 says. As soon as, uh, when the trumpets sounded. Someone say sound it. When the trumpets sounded, the army shouted at the sound of the trumpeter. When the men gave a loud shout, what happened? What happened? The wall collapsed. Do you see it? 
A sound often comes before a manifestation of God's power. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible says that suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. The sound came, and then the Holy Spirit fell. And we know they were baptized with power. We know that Jesus said, tarry in Jerusalem until you receive or clothe with power from on high. The sound came, and then the power came after that. This is, you've heard me say this before, but this is why I'm suspect of quiet churches. You've heard me say this before, but this is why I'm suspect to quiet churches. And I'm afraid that a lot of churches have lost their sound. They've lost their sound. They've lost their roar. They've lost their sound and then they wonder why there's no power being demonstrated amongst them. They wonder why there's nobody getting saved. No wonder why there's nobody getting healed, nobody getting delivered. It's because they lost their sound. Sound and power go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. People ask me sometimes, they say, uh, Brian, we, we see on, on, on social media uh, 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 God working at Chapel of Change. Like we see all the men gathering for worship or we're having our women's abide. We have it every year. We see all the women uh, gathering for worship. We're, we're seeing people surrender their life to the Lord. And oftentimes when I go to different conferences, they'll ask me, what's the key? What's the key? What, what, why is that happening? And really, I don't know why it's happening, but I can point to a couple things. And one of the things that I say is that we have a sound. We're not afraid to shout for Jesus. We're not ashamed of the gospel. We have a sound. Someone shout Jesus. We have a sound. Not ashamed of the gospel. See, one of the first things the devil does when he comes to trip you up is he tries to steal your sound. One of the first things the enemy does to try to hurt you is he takes away your sound. If he could just get you to shut up, if he could just get you to be quiet, if he could just get you to be depressed and buckled up in a corner somewhere, he could take the power away from you. But I come to church today to release a sound. Someone shout Jesus. Someone shout Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, I don't just do it at church. My, I, my kids will testify. I'll be driving down the street, and I'll, Jesus. And I'll, I'll just drive down the and I'll be walking down the street in the mighty name of Jesus. I just, in the mighty name of Jesus, because I know the power of a sound. The enemy's trying to attack me with his sound anyway, so I'm fighting back. I'll be down, driving down the street, just in the mighty name of Jesus. I don't close my eyes, but in the mighty name of Jesus. Just out of nowhere, just, just bust loose. I don't wait for the enemy to attack me. Don't wait for the enemy to attack you. Let me tell you something about the enemy. He'll, he'll hit you and, and wait to see what you do. And if you don't do nothing, he'll come for more. And you want to go to the next level, don't wait for him to hit you. You better strike back. You better release your sound. Someone shout, Jesus! Jesus! In the mighty name of Jesus. That's my sound. Psalms 41 verse 1 says, clap your hands, all ye nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. Psalms 100 verse 1 says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Don't ever let the devil steal your sound. Uh -uh. We're going to be a church that releases a sound 
every Sunday. We're going to release a sound. Uh, the young adults last night, they took over a coffee shop in Long Beach. And they, they, they had a worship service at a coffee shop. They were speaking spoken word. They were giving a message. They were worshiping the Lord. But let me tell you what they were doing in the spiritual realm. They were releasing a sound. They were releasing a sound, letting the kingdom of darkness know we ain't running and we ain't hiding. And we're part of the kingdom of God, part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. They released a sound. Chapel change. We ain't never going to lose our sound. If anything, we're going to be too loud. And then you just got to find out where to sit. So I see the power of sound. Here's the last thing that I see. As I go back to Isaiah, I see the power of a song. Listen to verse 1 in the New Living Translation. It says, single childless woman, you who have never given birth, break into a loud and joyful song, O Jerusalem. Now remember, in this particular culture, not, not today, but in this particular culture, barrenness was a sign of shame. Barrenness was a sign of disgrace. Um, it was devastating to a family at this particular time. But I want you to notice something. God tells them to turn their pain into praise. I want you to notice that God tells them to squeeze their stress into a song. He says, sing, O childless woman, break into loud and joyful song. God is serious about us singing praises. He is serious about us singing praises. Singing is mentioned over, over 400 times in the Bible. And over 50 times in the Bible, God commands us to sing a song. If you're part of the people of God, if you're part of the kingdom of God, we've been singing songs uh, since the beginning of time. People of God, part of our nature, part of our, part of our DNA is to sing unto the Lord. Now, I'm not talking about you knowing how to sing. This is not an issue of whether you know how to sing. This is an issue of you lifting up your voice in song to the Lord. <laughs> Psalms 96 verse 1 says, oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Psalms 149 verse 5 says, let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. It's not an issue of whether you know how to sing. This is an issue of you releasing a song into the atmosphere, into your reality. Releasing a song to the, to the throne room of God. You know, the Bible says, Psalms 22, verse 3, it says that God inhabits the praise of his people. You know, that says God inhabits the praise of his people. Did you know that that verse teaches us that God rides into our situation on the wings of praise? He rides into our situation, no matter what situation you have, whether it's a hard situation, whether it's a terrible situation, but God rides into our situation on the wings of praise. If you want God to intervene in your situation, you better lift up a song. You better lift up a song. See, songs focus us on God. Songs focus us on God. When you focus on your, what you focus in on your, in your pain is important. What you focus in on your pain, when you're in pain, what you focus on is important because you become uh, what you focus on. 
You become what you focus on. Songs, they help us to focus on the character and the power and the majesty and the glory of God. Are you following along? Psalms 59 verse 16 says, But I will sing of your power. Yes, I will sing aloud of your mercy in the morning. I will sing of your power. I will sing of your mercy. That's why it's important to sing the right song got to make sure that they're elevating God. you got to make sure that they're speaking about the majesty of God. you got to make sure that they're speaking about the attributes of God because Satan wants to distract us. He wants to get our eyes off of God and, and, and stuck on our circumstances. But in the darkest night of your soul, one of the important things you need to do is get your eyes off of your situation and back onto the character of God. As you put your eyes on the character of God, he funnels strength into your life. The more you focus on God, the more strength he funnels and healing he funnels into your soul. I don't know how to sing, but I got about 10 songs in rotation of my spirit. I've been having them for the last 30 years. I don't know how to sing. I cannot sing. But I got about 10 songs in rotation. And, and some of, a lot of them are old school songs, too, like that song we sing. Woke up this morning with my mind. Stayed on Jesus, woke up this morning with my mind. Stayed on Jesus, woke up this morning with my mind. Stayed on Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Anybody remember that song? I don't know how to sing, but I got about 10 songs on rotation. In my spirit. You know why? Because I'm on the front lines for the kingdom of God and bombs be blowing off. And I need to fight back in the name of Jesus. Remember that old song? Victory, oh, victory shall be mine. Anybody remember that? Victory, oh, victory shall be mine. If I hold my peace, let the Lord fight my battle. Victory, oh, anybody remember that song? I don't know where I learned that from, but somebody put that as a bullet in my spirit. Them songs are powerful. They release power into your life. You know, we're celebrating uh, the life this week. The nation is celebrating the, the life of Dr. Martin Luther King. We're, this week, the nation is celebrating his exploits and how uh, God used him, how he fought for uh, civil rights, and he fought for our brothers and sisters, our African-American brothers, just really everybody to be treated equally and free, right? And I think about, I think about the experience of our, of our uh, African-American brothers and sisters in slavery. I think about that. And I think about the, the, the gruesome, the, the, the terrible, the, the crazy uh, uh, circumstances and torture that they, that they endured for, for hundreds of years. And I say, man, how can a soul endure? How can a, how can a people endure such cruelty? And if you study history, one of the ways that they were able to survive is because they always had a song. They always had a song in the midst of their trial. They would sing a song unto the Lord. In fact, some of the songs we sing, they come from those days uh, that, they were, that they were going through trauma. And they're still giving us power today. They're still giving us power today. Are you, is anybody following along? Songs bring freedom. 
Songs bring freedom. They, they create an atmosphere of freedom and deliverance. Remember Paul and Silas was in prison and they got whipped and they were incarcerated. Remember in Acts chapter 16, listen to what it says. It says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Notice, they weren't complaining, they weren't murmuring. They weren't asking each other, oh, why did God let this happen? They weren't blaming it on nobody. Look at what they started to do. They were singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and at once all the prison's door flew open, and every chains came loose. Songs broke the chain. It was a song that broke the chain. It was a song that opened the door. Spiritual power is released. I'm not talking if you know how to sing. I'm talking about if you're courageous enough to lift up your voice unto God. It releases power into the atmosphere. I really believe, uh, um, so I thank God that we have an anointed worship team on, on each campus. And I really believe that some people can get delivered in the worship. I really believe that some people can get delivered in the worship. Worship praises does something to our heart. It, it just, there, there is a level of deliverance that takes place when we bow our heart and open up our mouth and raise our voice unto the Lord. Someone shout amen. We fight back with songs. We, 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 we attack the enemy with songs. Proverbs 29 verse 5 says, the righteous sings. And rejoices. So listen, today, here's the challenge. You want to experience supernatural growth in 2024? Two things I'm going to encourage you. Number one, don't let the devil steal your sound. We got to learn to raise your voice. Learn to lift your voice, even if it's Jesus. We have the name that is above every name. The Bible says that we have the name that is above every name, that, every, that at the name of Jesus every knee must bow and every tongue must confess. Uh, I encourage you, driving down the street, just in the mighty name of Jesus, just get in the habit of releasing a sound. And I want to encourage you, don't let the devil take your song. Songs release power. Songs release deliverance. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this. Do you remember what Jesus did on the cross? Remember Jesus was saying it was the most excruciating pain that he was on, in, he was experiencing. He's hanging at the cross. Listen, I'm going to end with this. Listen to this. I'm just going to deliver somebody. He's hanging on the cross. He's being tortured physically. He's even being more tortured emotionally and spiritually. There's demons that are ripping him apart. He's hanging on the cross. Do you remember what he did? Now, now he did a couple things, but I want to point out one thing that he did. Remember, he was on the cross, and, he, and, the, and the Bible says he cried aloud. I always thought he cried out, of, oh, it was just pain. I, 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 don't, I don't believe that anymore. I believe that his crying aloud was consistent with the entire Bible when we go to fight back the devil. If I'm going down, I'm not going down without a fight. He cried aloud. But, but he did something else as the worship team comes up. He did something else. Listen to this. Pay attention. I'm going to show you what he did. He hangs on the cross and he says, my God, my God. Didn't he do that? Anybody, didn't you do that? That's in your Bible. He says, my God. He cries out, my God, 
my God. I always thought he said that out of pure pain. I always thought that he just said that because he was hurting. But do you know that that was a psalm in the Bible? When he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He quoted a psalm. Why is that so important? I'm going to tell you why. Psalms are the songbook of heaven. Psalms are the, God's greatest hits. The Jewish people did not read psalms. You and I read psalms because we live in the West. The Jewish people never read a song. You know what they did? They sang psalms. They sang the psalms even today they're singing the psalms could it be that when jesus was in excruciating pain uh, he 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 let out a song unto the father he released a song don't ever let the devil steal your song let's bow our heads in the presence of the lord with every head bowed and every eye closed just for a couple of moments, I want us to reflect upon the Word of God. What was God trying to tell you? What was trying, God trying to get across? Have you been too quiet? Have you let the devil steal your sound? Are you not singing unto the Lord? This is not an issue if you know how to sing. This is an issue of you lifting up a joyful noise unto the Lord. This is what God is speaking to us. We want to experience supernatural growth. We want supernatural growth. So I want us to bow our head and reflect upon those things for a couple of moments. And then Pastor Raymond is going to pray for us. Let's bow our heads in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this powerful word today, God. We thank you for giving us this charge to sing and cry out to you, God. The devil has been exposed today, God, because you have handed us a weapon to fight back at this moment, God. So, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, give us the ability to use this weapon of song. Use this weapon of crying out to you in our most difficult times. Let us be crying out to you and using this weapon even in our joyful times, Father God. Let us just, oh, when things are going wrong, let, let, instead of reaching for other things, Lord, let's reach for a song. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that you demonstrated this coming down to earth. And before you die, God, you sang a song, Lord. So with that, God, we are confident moving forward. We are confident and assured, Lord, that you will hear us, Lord, when we cry out to you. We thank you, Lord, and we give you all the honor, glory, and the praise this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said... Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand praise.
Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Let's make some noise. Let's make, a, let's make some noise for Jesus. Make some noise for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. As we transition into our tithes and offerings portion of the service, I would like to call the ushers forward as I read a piece of scripture here for you. Luke 6, 38 reads, Give, and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I love this principle out of the Bible. It's not necessarily as far as money-wise, but, but I love this principle. As we give, the Lord is saying that he's going to give back to us. And although we give with a grateful heart and a thankful heart, uh, God is, is assuring us when we do release the tithe, it's going to come back to us better than when we had it. So as we prepare, I, I want us just to keep that in mind and have that confidence as we give unto the work of the Lord this morning. Uh, I have a few reminders uh, that I want to go over. Here at Chapel of the Change, we have many ways to give. Some are behind me on the screen. Also, we have the ability to give by debit card after the service at the back table. Someone will be there to facilitate that for you. Also, we have scan to give. If you want to give uh, that way as well, you can scan it on your phone and you can give in that way as well. Uh, I have a question. Is there any women in the house? Amen. Amen. Is there any men in the house? Hallelujah. All right. You see, I like this because the, the, the men and the women are are, are, are are getting closer and closer together. Everyone's being raised up, so praise the Lord. We have strong women and strong men here at Chapel of Change. Uh, we have our Abides Women Conference. The information is behind me. Let's give it up. We're going to have a, a, a powerful time just learning, worshiping, and, you know, I encourage all the ladies, to, all the women to come out uh, to, to experience what God is doing. That'll be the 27th, Saturday the 27th, here at the Paramount Campus. Um, you're able to register, I believe, here at, at the back tables. So if you have not been registered, please register uh, for that Abide Women's Conference. Also, we have our youth winter camp, as Pastor Brian was saying, is give it up to the youth. God is doing a big thing in our youth. So if you want to be a part of that, if you don't have any kids of your own, you also can sponsor a child. You also could sponsor one of our youth. We have some information in the back. We'll see uh, Brother Saul and uh, Sis Sister Esperanza. They'll raise their hands. They're, they're our young adult leaders. So get with them, sign up, and, and uh, it's going to be an awesome time in the Lord in the lobby after the service. Also, we have anybody that uh, habla espanol. We have for our Spanish speakers, we have Spanish church today at 4.30. 4.30, 4.30, come out, come out and be a part of that. Uh, God is, is doing a major thing in that, so we're believing for lives to be changed and people to learn about the Lord in that way. So invite your people, you know, people that speak Spanish, your family members, yourself, or if you just want to come and support that movement, come out 4.30 today at Chapel Saint. It'll be in the upper room on top, so just want to open that up as well. And is any, is everyone here baptized? So, so amen. We're having our baptisms uh, coming up, so my encouragement is, is that if you have not been baptized, this is another step into what God has for you. It's another step of, of obedience uh, unto God. So come out. It's a powerful time. We celebrate everyone that is entering into baptisms. 
the same thing. If you want to sign up, it's in the back. Sign up for baptisms so that we could get that ball rolling as well. Let us pray and I'll release the, the ushers. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the ability to give, God. We're only able to give because you have given to us first, Father God. So, God, with this offering, Lord God, we ask that you give us the ability to steward it well. Give us the, the wisdom and the conviction to apply it in every need that, that you have for us to fulfill, God. So, God, we thank you, Lord, and we thank you just for the ability just to give unto you, Lord, with cheerful hearts, Father God. We thank you, Father. We give you all the honor, the glory, and the praise this morning in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Ushers, you are released.